we love growing. We love growth. So as young kids, we had that wall or that door in our house. You know which one I'm talking about? That wall with all those little lines, right? That wall where you stand there and then every year, every couple months, your mom might put the line and then you go back and you see how you grew in the next couple months. So in my family, I am the measure of growth <laughs> with the kids. So I am 4'11", and so when the kids in my family, when they're about 11, 10 or 11, they start to see me in their sight, and they're like, I'm coming for you. And so they'll start coming, measuring, and it's kind of a rite of passage for the kids in our family, our godkids, our niece, nephews, and our grandson, to be taller than me. That's like the rite of passage. But we love growth in all areas, right? Academics, we love to see our test scores rise. If we're athletically inclined, we want to be faster and stronger than we were last season. As adults, we love to see our mutual funds grow, right? And our bank accounts grow. Or if you're a gardener, which I'm not, but you love to see that first fruit, right? When you run out there and that first little tomato that is growing out. So we love growth. It's natural. It's a natural progression of life. But if we're honest, there is one area in our life that gets the least amount of attention, the least amount of resources, the least amount of time and energy to facilitate its growth, and that's our spiritual life. And statistics actually have studied this, and they say that the average productivity of a Christian spiritual life, you're not going to get this, you're not gonna, it's, it's crazy, is three years. Three years. So maybe when new believers at first, they'll see a, a growth burst, maybe being excited about being in community, reading their Bible, praying. But after three years, it kind of stagnates. It kind of stops. So basically what the statistic is saying, that we're all walking around as spiritual toddlers, right? It's like no wonder we have problems sometime in our churches today is because there's, there's a lack of growth. So my question to you this morning is, are you still growing? Are you taking steps to facilitate growth in your spiritual walk with Jesus? So today we're going to look at, at, we're going to start out looking at a metaphor of the tree. So in our Old Testament reading this morning, we talked about the tree that is planted by the rivers of water. And this tree is fruitful, right? It says that this tree flourishes and, it's, and it grows in season and out of season. And its, it's um, leaves doesn't wither. It's a strong and mighty tree. And that's what the psalmist is, is trying to describe for us. That's how we should be. And the reason why it's so strong and mighty is it's, it's connected to its life source. It's connected to its water. It's not like our little sad California drought trees, right? This tree is growing strong because it's connected to its life source and it's able to get the nutrition that it needs. And so that's us as well. We need to be daily daily connected to our life source, who is God. We need to be daily in Bible readings. We need to be daily praying. We need to be daily connected to the vine so that we can grow strong. The Japanese introduced a tree called the bonsai tree. 
And the bonsai tree is measured in inches rather than feet. So what happened to the bonsai tree is when it started growing, when it was a little sapling, they took it out of the ground and they tied off the tap root and they replanted it. And so here's this little tree, but it's very limited. It can't grow deep into the soil and get the nutrients it needs. So instead of growing strong and tall and producing fruit and providing shade for those that need it, it's, this, it's reduced to being a decoration. It looks cute, right? It's like a cute little bonsai tree. And so I believe, church, that what the bonsai tree is, that's what Satan does to many of its believers, that he tricks us into thinking, into being complacent, that three years of growth is, is fine. And so instead of growing strong, we are reduced to a decoration. We are reduced to being pretty pew warmers <laughs> instead of being out and mighty um, lights out in the world that needs us. So my question is, why aren't we growing? Why aren't we growing? What keeps us from growing sometimes? So I think that there are some false assumptions to growth that Satan causes us to believe. So it keeps us from doing the steps that we need to grow. And the first thing is we believe lots of times that growth is automatic. Growth is automatic. We just believe that in and day out, that all of a sudden if we come to church once in a while um, or maybe open our Bible once in a while, that we will grow. But that's false. And if we're honest, we know that that doesn't work with all areas of our life, right? If we don't study, if we don't memorize, we're not going to pass that test, right? If we have a goal to run a marathon, if we're sitting on our couch eating bonbons, well, it's not going to happen, right? If we try to do that, we're going to die, right? You have to put work into growth. There needs to be intentionality for growth to occur. It's not automatic, the second false assumption that we believe is that growth goes along with age. But unfortunately, you can be a believer for 40, 50, 60 years and still have the maturity of a three-year-old, right? It doesn't go hand in hand. We have to facilitate growth. The last false assumption I believe that we believe is that spiritual growth comes from knowledge. The thing is, knowledge has to be applied. Knowledge has to be applied to our spirits, to our souls, for growth to happen. There's a lot of people that know a lot about the Bible. They know about theology. They may even have memorized verses. But if that knowledge is not applied, then our lives will go unchanged. So I think most of you know that I'm in seminary. And if I just go to seminary just to check off the boxes and to pass my class and to get that diploma, but I don't learn, I don't, I don't learn, I don't apply what I'm learning to see scripture come alive to me, then when I'm done, I won't be as an effective minister as I could have been. We need to apply that knowledge. So most of us have had times in our lives where we're stuck. Have you ever felt stuck spiritually? I mean, if you are, like I have been, <laughs> does anybody have as well? 
Yeah, we've all been times where we have been stuck. There's been times where I feel, did my prayer just pass the ceiling? I don't know. <laughs> Seems like my prayer might have went up there and bounced down. I felt like my faith has been low. And I hate to this, admit it, but sometimes I feel like I don't want to be around other Christians, right? We just feel stuck. We don't, we're just like, well, what do we do? And so there's some things I want to encourage you to facilitate growth if you're feeling stuck and moving forward. So the first thing that has to happen is change has to happen. And we hate that word change, right? I hate that word. I like being comfortable. I like where I'm at. It's easy. I understand it. I know it. But in order for growth to appear, change has to happen. You think about the mother and father of the Jewish nation, Abraham and Sarah. When God went to them, when they were still Abram and Sarah, he had to change their names. He said, I'm going to grow into you this huge nation, and it's going to be so big that people won't even be able to count you. But what he did is he had to move them. They had to change. They had to leave their country, leave their ways to be dependent on God. Now, I'm not saying that we all have to physically like move somewhere, to Idaho or somewhere, but there has to be change that has to happen sometimes for growth to occur. So there's some things that I've done in my life that have been helpful, so I'm going to share with you. The first thing that maybe you need to do is change your schedule, right? Maybe if you don't have time spending in the Word, maybe you need to change your schedule so that you could get up even 15 minutes earlier to spend with Jesus and His Word. Maybe you need to change your um, work schedule a little bit or your extracurricular um, activities a little bit so you can come to community and worship services. In the five years that I've been um, here, one thing that I really love that kids have come to me and they said, Anna Marie, I changed my swim class, my cheer class, my gym, gymnastics class from Monday, Wednesday to Tuesday, Thursday so I can come to Cornerstone on Wednesday. And I love that, right? Because they understand the importance of community. Or maybe if you're stuck, there's been times when I've been stuck in my Bible reading and I've just changed the version, right? If I'm reading NIV, maybe I'll switch to NLT or NASB or maybe a paraphrase like the message. And all of a sudden, Scripture starts to come alive again. It's like I'm able to read it in a different way and see it in a different light. And it, it changes it for me. Or perhaps some of you need a mentor that facilitates growth for you. I strongly believe that we all need to be in a discipleship relationship and discipling someone. Because all a mentor is, is someone that's just ahead of you a few steps. And they can come to you and say, oh, be careful of that rock. I stubbed my foot there. <laughs> Don't go down that path. I've been there. It's, it's not good. Come on over here. Right? And so perhaps maybe you need someone to speak truth into you. I've had my mentor for 25 years. And even to this day, she can... See, she could speak into my life and encourage me to change. She could see things that sometimes I can't. And so perhaps that's something you can do. Or maybe join a new ministry. Maybe there's a new ministry that you can join. Or a mission trip. So I have asked 
two members of our youth group to um, one adult and one student to talk about some of the changes that they have made and that have facilitated spiritual growth. So the first one I'm going to ask to come and share is Emily. Uh, hello, my name is Emily Bauman, and my parents are Blake and uh, Debbie. And I have been a part of this church for about 12 years now, and I'm a junior in high school at Live Oak Academy. Um, and I've been attending Cornerstone since sixth grade when I could first join. Um, for a long time now, Anna Marie had been challenging us to bring our friends to youth group. And one day, my cousin Luke, um, who's also in my class and attends youth group, randomly decided that we were going to invite our whole class. And later that night, we found six people showed up, and six of our classmates had chosen to come to youth group. And six, since then, many of them have regularly continued to come and have even invited their siblings as well. And Luke and I had later found out that many of these people did not have their own um, youth group and were happy to find a community where they could worship God with others of their age. As for me, having this community and safe place around my friends has helped greatly in discussing and growing in my faith. And this fall, I will be joining the student leadership in Cornerstone, and I'm looking forward to growing this role as well as in my faith. So even at a young age, she's taking steps of growth. So we're proud of you. Um, Scott, where are you? Scott is going to come on up. Scott, Scott's going to share an experience that he has had recently that has facilitated growth. Uh, good morning, church. Um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Scott Campbell. I uh, have been attending... St. Timothy's since about 2018, and I've had the pleasure of serving under Anna Marie in our youth and young adult ministry since the beginning of the year. Um, one of my favorite duties so far was heading up the NALC disaster relief mission trip that we went on last month. Uh, but to be honest, I wasn't so excited at first. Um, I was scared, right? Uh, I had never been on a mission trip in my life, let alone had any kind of leadership role in one. And, um, yeah, I was scared. Uh, it took a real leap of faith to say yes and dive in because I really had no idea what I was in for. Uh, but I soon realized that God had put uh, some people in my life, uh, like Michael Stamos, uh, James Moore, Victoria Thornton, who uh, were mission trip veterans. And uh, when they accompanied me on the trip, it, it was... It was exactly what I needed. Their, their experience was invaluable. They, they helped me every step of the way. Uh, God had also given me a love for scripture, which really came in handy when it came time to lead devotions. You know, I, uh, you know, I was able to uh, talk about passages of scripture that, that I was intimately familiar with and that I truly loved, and I, I think that came through you know, to the kids. Uh, I also realized that, that some job experience that I had when I was a teenager, you know, was really similar to what we were doing up there in Butte County. You know, I was uh, uh, cutting down trees and, and hauling them away for, uh, for a gentleman who had a wood-burning furnace, right? And, 
it wasn't exactly what we were doing, but it, it was similar enough where I wasn't, uh, it wasn't such a daunting experience to go out there and, and clear those trees. So, um, you know, not only that, but God continued to grow me during the trip. You know, I made new relationships. I had new experiences that I'm sure are going to help me in the future. You know, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm positive that won't be my last mission trip. And so I know that some of the people that I met on this one are, are you know, going to be valuable um, contacts and um, that I'll be able to use their experience, you know, next year. You know, um, the next time I'm asked to do something scary for God's kingdom, I, I know I'm going to be even more willing to say yes because of the experience that I had on this mission trip. Now, um, faith is a gift, but it doesn't grow if we don't act on it. And so I'm up here encouraging everybody to act on it. Uh, maybe even next year on our next mission trip. Um, thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you. I really appreciate Scott. Um, when Pastor Jim and I were looking at my schedule this summer, he said, let's see if you don't have to go on that trip because you have a lot going on. And when I came and approached Scott, Scott said, well, yes, but I've never been on one before. But he was willing to do it, so I appreciate that. So there's a few things that I want to look at that also facilitate growth. And one thing, though, keeps us from growing is that if sin isn't dealt with in our life, it sometimes can keep us from moving forward. So if our sin, if we rationalize it or justify it or minimize it, that sometimes it traps us, it holds us down, so we can't fully grow the way God intends for us to grow. And every week we come together and we confess our faith together. But there's one key part in confessing our faith, and that's the act of repentance. Repentance means change. Repentance means I'm going to stop what I'm doing and I'm going to turn around and I'm going to move towards something that is godly and good and pure. Because without repentance, if we just come and we say the same thing and we say, please, Jesus, forgive me of my sins, but then we walk out that door and we continue in the same patterns and continue with the same habits and the lifestyle, then what Jesus did for us on the cross is reduced to cheap grace without repentance. So I encourage you this morning to maybe examine yourself and see is there something that is keeping me from moving me forward? Is there something that's keeping me feeling stuck? that I need to exam, and with the power of the Holy Spirit, I can deal with this, and he can help me with victory over this sin. The last area that I want to look at that produces and facilitates growth is something that probably does um, the most work in, in growing our faith and growing us, but it's also something that we don't like, and we don't like to talk about, and that's trials trials. In James 1, it talks about that count it pure joy when various trials come your way. Count it pure joy. I don't know about you, but how many of you go, woohoo, there's a trial coming my way. Woohoo, I'm so excited. Yeah. Right? And I have to admit that my attitude in trials is this. 
I like bare knuckle it. I'm just like, okay, God, I'm just going to like close my eyes, clench my fist, and I'm going to wait in this valley until you move us on back to the mountaintop, right? And how many of us, that's our attitude. But what if instead we looked at our trial and we said, God, use this trial to produce spiritual maturity and character in me. God, will you use this trial to rough off the edges that I have so that I can be a reflection of you, Jesus? God, will you use this trial so that I can encourage other people who may be walking the same journey that I am? What if we looked at trials that way? Wouldn't it change the way we It would change our whole attitude. It would change our faith. It would increase dependency on God. When Sam and I first got married, almost 15, I mean 14 years ago, um, 14 years ago this September, we made a commitment in our marriage. And that commitment was that we would tithe both our incomes. So that is something that we did when we were single. And so we decided to do that together. So... I don't know if it's ever easy to give, but it's easier to give out of abundance, right? So it was easy to give um, and write those tithing checks out of abundance. But when we first experienced a layoff, it was a lot harder to look at our income and see that our income that was coming in was not enough to cover our bills going out. And we still wrote those checks. And in writing those checks, It was such a dependency on God. I mean, our faith grew so deep in that season because we saw God move in a way like no other. We saw God meet our needs every month. And mathematically, it shouldn't have happened. We we would look at our bills and say, mathematically, this... I don't know how this is happening, that we're, we, we are still able to pay our bills and have enough, of, enough over, even though we're not making enough coming in. But you know what happened during that time? It, it grew us, but it also grew that faith muscle. It grew that faith muscle. So then the next time a financial hardship came our way, we didn't panic. We, we were like, you know what? God has got us. We're good. We're at peace. We're like, No problem, because the same God that took care of us in the past is the same God that's going to continue to provide for us. And that's what trials does. It grows our dependency in God and our complete trust in him. When I was in middle school, there was this woman in our church, and she was a prayer warrior, and she prayed an hour a day. And I thought, that is so cool. I want to pray an hour a day. Um, So I went home to my room, and I remember it was summer, and I I went around telling everybody, I'm going to be busy. I'm going to be busy with Jesus, so leave me alone. So I go into my room, and I close the door, and I'm so excited, and I got on the floor, and I got my clock out, and I closed my eyes, and I started praying. I started praying for everything that I could think of, everyone, everything that was going on in our community, in our church. And I remember praying, and I was so excited, and I was thinking, I'm a prayer warrior. This is so cool. And I opened my eyes, and I looked at the clock, and five minutes had passed. (laughs) And at first, I was so disappointed. I'm like, what? 
I'm a loser prayer warrior. I've only done five minutes. But that was the start. And that increased for 10 minutes and 15 minutes and a half an hour. And I finally got to the hour. And then I finally got to the point where now I can go on prayer retreats and pray all weekend. And so one of the things I tell the kids at Cornerstone is start with five minutes a day. Sometimes they say, I don't have time to spend with God. I'm too busy. I have three AP classes. I'm in swim. I'm in this. I'm in that. And I say, you can give God 1% of your day. That's what five minutes is. Less than 1% of your day. And start out with reading a verse and then praying for your day. But the problem is, church, if we stay at five minutes in five years later, then that's the problem. We all can start somewhere. We all, all are at some space in our faith journey. But I encourage you this morning, what steps are you going to take to grow it? What steps are you going to take to keep going? Maybe, again, it's a new ministry to start. And I encourage you, like Scott, I would encourage you that sometimes it's easy to do what's easy for us, right? We join ministries that are easy. But what if you join something that's a little scary, a little stretching of your faith? Maybe some of you I know are um, introvert are more inclined to be an introvert and a shy person. But what if God is calling you to join a grow group? And I know that kind of scares you. You thought, I'm going to meet with 10 people? That's scary, right? But what if God's calling you to do that so that you can encourage others and others can encourage you? I know we're going to kick off our fall ministries soon. And I know that Elizabeth needs help with ushers and coffee hour. I, need, I know Shelly needs Sunday school teachers. The young adults and youth are always in need of people to come alongside youth. Maybe God is calling you to a new challenge. Or maybe God is calling you to give sacrificially. Maybe you've never given sacrificially. Maybe you've only given out of your excess. And whatever it is, God is calling you to that next step. And so I'm excited, church, because I want us all together as a church to keep growing so that we can be mighty trees that are listed in Psalms 1 and not pure cute little um, trees that are sitting on a shelf like bonsai trees. But together we can grow in unity and together we can grow in our faith and our prayer life and maybe sharing our faith with others who don't know Jesus so that we can grow spiritually and also grow our church as well. Let's pray. Dear God, you call us to grow. Growth is a natural aspect of life. Without growth, death happens. So God, I just pray that even this morning, you would be speaking to us. That even this morning, you would be urging us to take scary steps of faith, of growth. To spend time with you each morning. To spend time in community to serve others with our time and talents and resources, to share our faith with our lost friends. So God, would you do that? Would you grow us so that we could be more like you? Would you grow us so that we can live out our vision to grow in the spirit? And we ask all this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.